Welcome to Along the Backbone, podcasts about the evolution of vertebrate anatomy. I'm Dr. Matt Bonin. The purpose of this podcast series is to explore the evolution of vertebrate anatomy from brains to bones across deep time. Episode 5, Elephants, Cats, and Ticking Clocks. I learned the real meaning of the word awesome during a close encounter with an African elephant. A colleague and I were in an animal park in South Africa, and we had spied a large, lone male elephant walking towards our car. Now, as I was taking pictures of the elephant, our car was suddenly traveling in reverse, and my colleague was uttering frantic expletives. It was at this point I noticed that the elephant was picking up speed and coming right for us. On attempting to turn the car around, we became stuck, and now our fate was left to a very large mammal. In my cleverness, I rolled up the car window, as if that would protect me from six tons of muscle and bone. Well, I'm here to tell this story, so you know it turned out okay. The elephant did come within three feet of the car, but then decided we were boring, and simply shifted sideways around the car and kept going at a fast clip. But at its closest to the car, all I could see were its big tree trunk legs swinging like giant gray pendulums in a grandfather clock. And this, in some sense, is the principle underlying how many mammals have evolved to become fast or big. Now, unlike a lizard where the limbs are sprawled out to the sides, most mammals have drawn their limb bones vertically beneath the body. Well, what are the functional advantages of such a posture? Well, the first is limb support. Limb bones do best when, like the column in a Greek temple, they are placed under compression. In other words, when loaded vertically, a limb bone, like a Greek column, is sturdy. On the other hand, limb bones are weaker when they experience stresses like bending or twisting. Thus, because of these biomechanical properties, small mammals tend to have a crouched posture where the limbs are bent at angles and act like shock-absorbing struts or springs. If you're a house cat that weighs like 10 pounds, you can get away with these crouched postures. This is because bone has the same properties at any size, so even though a cat's limb bones are being placed under bending stress, they can handle this at 10 pounds. But as vertebrates grow larger and increased stress is placed on their limbs, it's mechanically most efficient to orient the bones vertically to take advantage of their strength under compression. In my African elephant uh, friend, vertical limbs that don't bend much during walking are a necessity. If an elephant tried to walk like our crouching cat, its limb bones would likely fracture. The second functional advantage to having vertically oriented limbs is that this posture has the effect of increasing stride length. We know from our own experiences as children that keeping pace with adults was difficult because they had longer legs and we had shorter ones. We had to move our legs twice as fast to keep up with our parents. We also know that if two people have approximately the same leg lengths and one of these people straps on a pair of stilts, the stilt walker can easily cover more distance with the same pace simply because their stride length has increased. It should be no surprise then that elephants, which cannot run, can still outwalk a running human by virtue of their incredibly long legs. The vertical legs of mammals work somewhat like the pendulum in a grandfather clock. To really simplify things, let's ignore everything but the femur, the thigh bone, and pretend that this bone is our pendulum. Now, you may remember from your elementary and high school science classes that a pendulum's speed is related to its length. A short pendulum will swing back and forth quickly, whereas a long pendulum would tick-tock more slowly. Simply put, a relatively short femur will swing back and forth quickly, and a relatively long femur will swing much more slowly. But you may ask, short or long relative to what? 
The answer is what lies below the femur, the shank, the ankle, and the foot. In our elephant friend, the femur is very long, but that in and of itself would not be too surprising because, well, elephants are big. But an elephant femur is long compared to the shank, ankle, and foot. In fact, the ankle and foot of an elephant are a stubby affair, and the femur usually accounts for almost 60% of the total length of the hind limb. So, a relatively long femur and stubby feet give you an animal that is relatively slow. Remember, this is all relative. I certainly wouldn't want to race a charging elephant. Returning to kitty cats, their femur is relatively smaller than the shank, ankle, and foot. In fact, the ankle and most of the foot in a cat are held clear of the ground, lengthening the lower leg considerably compared to the femur. A relatively short femur translates into a faster step frequency, and hence you see in the house cat what has become augmented in cheetahs to chase down prey at breakneck speed. Now a horse goes even further. Their femur is relatively short, their shank, ankle, and foot are much longer, and horses only stand on their toenails with everything else off the ground. The word nail in Latin is ungual, and this is where the word ungulate comes from, mammals that run on their toenails. But mammals aren't the only vertebrates to have pulled their limbs up under their bodies like swinging pendulums. Dinosaurs did this as well, and they beat mammals to the punch, I might add, by a good 50 million or more years. Birds descended from dinosaurs, and their hind limbs, like those of mammals, are also upright. The fastest moving biped today is the ostrich. Uh, sorry, NASCAR and F1 drivers, driving cars doesn't count. The femur of an ostrich is very short relative to its shank, ankle, and foot, and ostriches are known not only to run fast, but to deliver a nasty kick. So, in conclusion, if you've been listening to this podcast thinking mammals were superior at this limb pendulum thing, a modern dinosaur might just have to knock you off your high horse. Dr. Matthew Bonin is a vertebrate paleontologist and a functional morphologist who specializes in the evolutionary anatomy of dinosaurs. He teaches embryology, comparative anatomy, and other courses in his current position as professor at Western Illinois University. You can find out about upcoming episodes of Along the Backbone on Dr. Bonin's Along the Backbone blog, alongthebackbone.wordpress.com, and you can also follow Dr. Bonin on Twitter at Matt Bonin. Thanks for listening.